the tablets that Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu and the breaking of the tablets and then the uh, new second tablets. And uh, I know people are not thinking about this Victoria portion right now, we're thinking about Purim, which is about to come. But uh, it's also connected with Purim, as we'll see. Purim, the theme of Purim, is to go beyond logic and reason. Behind, beyond knowledge. But the previous Rebbe said that once you go beyond knowledge, your knowledge afterwards is different. By going on Purim beyond knowledge, then after Purim, your knowledge is different. The way you understand things is different. Which is connected to what we're going to learn about today. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu, why did he choose to break the tablets? So the Talmud says, Moshe Rabbeinu used one of the principles of Torah called Kalva If this is true, for sure that is true. If the Torah says that a Jew who is not circumcised is not allowed to have the Korban Pesach, not allowed to have the Paschal Lamb, not just one mitzvah, here there's an entire Torah, there's 613 commandments, how can I give the Torah to the Jewish people? They're all in the status of uh, uncircumcised because they're all worshipping the golden calf. So they don't, I can't give them the Torah possibly. That's what Moshe Benu said. So what was Hashem's reaction to what Moshe did? So it says in the Torah, Asher Shibarta, and Rashi says, Hashem gave him a thank you, an encouragement, because he broke the tablets. It was a good move. But the Talmud, the Rashi's quotes from, doesn't just say Hashem agreed to it. The Talmud says more. The Talmud says, um, the Talmud says more. The Talmud says, Hashem affirmed that this was correct, and he praised him. It was a praise. It wasn't just okay, it wasn't just the right thing to do. It was something good, something praiseworthy. Now, it doesn't seem like it's a good thing. You could say it has a higher purpose, it's something greater to achieve, but the language of the, of the Talmud is that this was something Hashem praised him. What a great idea. What a great thing you've done. What a good thing. You could say he, he did this for the sake of something else. It wasn't the honor of the Torah for the Jewish people to get it, and they had to break it. But if that was what he wanted to accomplish, he could have hid it somewhere, he could have buried it somewhere. He could have put it into an ark and locked it up and no one would know where it was. Why do you have to break it? It seems breaking the tablets is the opposite of the honor of Torah. It seems something which is contrary to what, what he was trying to do. He's not giving us a Torah because we don't deserve it. It will be a disgrace to Torah to give Torah to people who are defying and rebelling against Torah. Okay, so don't break it. You want to honor the Torah, don't break it, but he breaks it. So the, the language of the Talmud is that this was something that was not just confirmed by Hashem, this was something praised with something good. So there's another explanation the Talmud gives for the, the, of why he broke the tablets. An explanation like this. There is a king who is married to a queen, and the, um, the, uh, the queen is unfaithful to the king. So, so the, a friend of the king goes and he rips up the marriage document. So the marriage document, that would um, take away the evidence in court that the queen did anything wrong because they weren't married yet. In a similar way, um, the Jewish people, and that just goes into more details, it 
says that it wasn't the queen itself who did something wrong. It was it was the uh, uh, other maids maids of the king, and so too at Mount Sinai it wasn't really the Jewish people who did this mistake themselves. It was because of the influence of the aid of Rab, of those uh, Gentiles who had joined the Jewish people. It was their influence, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to protect the queen of the Jewish people. And so what did he do? He broke the marriage document. That's what the Talmud says. But even according to that explanation, there's a better way. Hide the marriage document. You don't have to break it. Why, have to, why, 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 why uh, break it? And more, it seems the opposite of the honor of Torah. It doesn't seem like it's a good thing to do. It doesn't seem something that's positive. And again, the Medrash says, this was a good thing. This was, Hashem confirmed it, praise it. That it's intrinsically something good. There's another um, proof that this is something good. Breaking the tablets and the broken tablets are something good. So it says in the Torah, "V'samtam ba'aron," put them into the ark. In the ark, in the temple, there was the, the ark house. Not only the new second tablets that Hashem told Moshe to make after the first tablets were broken forty days later, but also, or one hundred twenty days later. But also, um, but also the broken tablets were there. Eighty days later, actually, you know? because in the first when when, he, when was he told to make the second tablets? Forty days. Well, first it was forty days of anger. Yeah, forty days later, right? Thank you. It was forty days before he got the Torah. Thank you. So when Yom Kippur, he got the second tablets. So forty days before he was told to uh, come to the mountain, and he's going to um, make the second tablets. Anyway, so yeah, the broken tablets were there in the ark. The broken tablets, it seems, the, the, the Rishonim, the earlier commentaries in the Torah, um, they wonder, what's the role of the broken tablets in the Ark? The rule in Torah is, If you're going to be an accusing attorney, you can't also be a defending attorney. If you're going to be a lawyer to accuse us, you can't be a lawyer to defend us. Um, that's why uh, gold, the, the coin gold didn't bring the gold, golden garments into the Holy of Holies, because the golden garments also are a reminder of the uh, golden calf. So uh, he didn't wear the golden garments there. So here, the broken tablets, it seems, are reminiscent of the sin that brought the broken tablets, and yet they're put in the ark. How come the broken tablets are there in the, in the ark if they're just a reminder of the sin that we did? You must say that there is something positive and good about them themselves. And the question is, what is, what's so good about them? It seems that broken tablets are, aren't a good thing. So why, why are they so good? So, I'll this based upon the words of Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish said that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, he says, don't be upset about the tablets that you broke, because all you had in the first tablets were just the tablets. But when I give you the second tablets, you're going to have also the Talmud and Halachos and Medrash. You'll want more Torah. All of the oral Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu together with the second tablet. So Hashem don't feel bad. So Reish Lakish uses the words, Negating Torah or destroying Torah, that's the foundation of Torah. So that's what, that explains why Hashem only praised Moshe 40 days later when he told him to make the second tablets because when do you see the greatness? I mean, if it was a good idea that he broke the tablets and was so praiseworthy, why didn't Hashem praise him right away? And the answer is, when do you see it was a good thing 
They got the second tablets. The first tablets didn't have the whole Talmud. Only the first, only the second tablets. Did. So why did Hashem praise him for breaking the tablets when he got the second ones, which have the whole the whole Talmud with it? That explains that. But the question still is: Okay, so you're saying in order to get the second tablets, you have to make the first ones. Why? Why couldn't Hashem give them the first tablets with the Talmud and the Halachas and the Medrash? Why are the this the um, why is that true? That what Rishlakish says have to destroy the Torah to get the Torah. How come he had to have the broken tablets in order to be able to get the the um, new revelation of Torah? We, we we answer the question. We now have a bigger question. We answer the question. What's well, so good about it? it? Was great. It brought the whole Talmud. Okay, but why did it bring the whole Talmud? What was missing? Hashem gave us the Torah. Then, when he first gave it to us. That prevented him from giving us the uh, the Talmud too, and only when the Torah was broken, only in our, when, the, when when the tablets were broken, only then did Hashem give us all the rest of the Torah. Why? So, the Torah is infinite. Torah has no limitations. Not just the Torah has, uh, is the wisdom and will of Hashem, which Hashem is wisdom is infinite, but you also could see in this world the infinity of Torah. In which part of Torah? In the oral Torah. In the written Torah, you, you don't see the infinity of Torah. On the contrary, you see the Torah is finite. Every letter, every crown of each letter, it's written in a very precise way. You can't have one letter extra, one letter missing. You don't see its infinity. You see its infinity perhaps in the fact that we keep it for all generations. But in the Torah itself, in the written Torah, you don't see infinity. In the oral Torah, the fact that you can go into the, the Talmud calls it the ocean of Torah, and they go further and further and back and forth and deeper and deeper. And as we see till today, how there's constant new insights in Torah study, that that um, shows you the infinity of Torah. So because the Torah is infinite, because the Torah is the wisdom of Hashem, because it has no limitations. So in order for a person to receive the Torah, he has to be humble. He has to put himself on the side. We say in our prayers, Nafshi ko'afu koltia. Let my soul be like dust before all. Open my heart to your Torah. How could I understand your Torah only if my soul is like dust before all? Or as the Talmud says, the Torah was given in the desert. Everyone steps on the dust of the desert. So on the sand of the desert. So in order to receive Torah, you can't be um, arrogant. And not just you can't be arrogant. You have to be like the sand that everyone steps on to receive the Torah. To open your heart to the Torah, you have to be nafshikofakotia. You have to be like 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 sand. That one steps on. Why? Because the Torah, because the Torah is the infinite infinite wisdom of Hashem. Because it has no limitations. So how could a human mind possibly absorb the infinity of Torah? It's impossible. So, in order to connect to Torah, a Jew has to have this sense of abnegation, the sense of total humility, make himself an empty cup. As the Talmud says, a full cup uh, can't contain anything. Only an empty cup can. So because the Torah is infinite, in order to receive the Torah, a Jew has to completely nullify himself. He has to be in a state of absolute um, abnegation. My soul, I dust roll, and that's how I can accept your Torah. So that's one element we need to study Torah. You need to have a sense of total devotion and abnegation and, and, and humility because it's the wisdom of Hashem. Our wisdom can't get it. We have to put ourselves inside of that. As the Talmud says, the reason why Halacha follows Beis Hillel because Beis Hillel had more, not more wisdom. Beis Hillel had more humility. To get the truth of Torah, 
It's by um, it's by abnegation humility. You have a credit card machine and how many cash on me? Okay. So that's that's one element we need to study Torah. There's another element we need to study Torah. Other element we need to study Torah is difference between the um, um, written Torah and the tablets is the written Torah it's an attachment of ink to a parchment it's two different things which are connected to each other and they could be uh, separated what's unique about the tablets is is that the tablets are engraved the letters of the Torah are engraved in the stone it's not just that they're attached in the way they can be later separated rather the uh, the letters of the Torah are engraved on the on the stones. In order for Torah to be engraved in us, to become part of us, we have to understand it. You can't say the Torah is part of you unless you understand it. So a key component in Torah study is understanding Torah. You can't. Um, you can't, the author writes in Tanya that when you study Torah, there's a yichun is a wondrous unity. There's a wondrous unity the person has with Torah when we study his Torah. An amazing, amazing unity that we have when we study Torah. So the way you connect with Torah is by understanding it. It's not just you say, oh, if Hashem said so, it's right. That's not called studying Torah at all. Studying Torah is when your mind says it's right. Studying Torah means that you open up your mind and you try to understand what Hashem is saying and you let the wisdom of Hashem enter your mind until it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, you ask a question. And if it doesn't make sense, then you ask another question. So the whole theme of Learning Torah is that you're there and your faculties are fully operative and you're trying to figure out what Hashem is saying. That's the difference between the written Torah and the engraved Torah. The engraved Torah means that you're able to understand it and it makes sense to you and it's part of you and you, and you, you identify with it and it, make, and, and it becomes a, a one with you. As opposed to the written Torah, engraved Torah means it's part of you. On the one hand, to receive Torah, we have to have this element of mind, of our minds, of our faculties, of ourselves, fully present. On the other hand, in order to get to the truth of Torah, the wisdom of Hashem, you have to have absolute humility. That's being negation of self. That you're not there. That you're just trying to hear what Hashem is saying, and it's not about you. So there's two diametrically opposed qualities that are needed to receive Torah. On the one hand, you have to have to receive Torah, you have to have a sense of absolute abnegation. That you're hearing what Hashem is saying. On the other hand, you have to have a full sense of what do I understand? Does this, this make sense to me? Otherwise, you're not understanding the Torah. Part of it. And because of these two um, characteristics that need to be, we need to have to absorb Torah, that's why we have two tablets. The first tablets were given to us at a time when we were exalted from all nations. Hashem chose us, He gave us the tablets. How were we feeling then? We were feeling great. We were feeling on top of the world. Hashem gave us His Torah. We're the best. That's how we felt. Yes, we were in a state of total humility before Hashem, but ultimately we felt really good. So at that time, to be in a state of abnegation and break, heartbroken was impossible. But 40 days later, when we did the sin of the golden calf, then it was possible for us to, to fill the words of the Torah. My soul should be like dust before all. My soul should be like sand before all when we made the mistake of the golden calf, then we really had this feeling of brokenheartedness and abnegation. So that's the idea of the ark. These two feelings, these two characteristics are opposite. How could a human being 
possibly have two opposite things. So the Ark, the Torah says, the Ark had also this ability to con- combine two opposites. On the one hand, the Ark had a measurement. It had to be two and a half amas long, one and a half amas wide. On the other hand, the Talmud says that the Ark didn't take up any space. It had a measurement, and yet if you measure the room, you would find that the so the because in the, in the place of the Holy of Holies, in the Ark, there was a revelation of God's essence, of Hashem Himself, and there in, the, in, in, the, in that place of revelation of Hashem's essence, you see how Hashem is able to combine opposites. Hashem is is nothing impossible for Hashem, and therefore there's a combination of opposites. So, so this is true for Hashem, so too a Jew also has his own Ark. A Jew has the deepest part of his soul, he has his Yechida. The, the, the deepest part of the soul also is able to contain two opposites. So we also have in ourselves these two parts, the written, the, the um, first tablets present the idea of, of our minds fully active, trying to understand, make total part of us to be engraved within us. On the other hand, we have the broken tablets. What's the idea? The broken tablets, the idea of abnegation. And the reason it's possible is because the Jew is a part of Hashem. So in the ark of our souls, in the yichid of our souls, we're able to make this combination of the first tablets and the second tablets. These two characteristics of total humility, like the second tablets, and the sense of total, uh, 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 our faculties fully working, trying to understand Torah, the first tablets, which were about etching and engraving the Torah become part of our own minds. I think this is very relevant to uh, Purim. Again, the previous Shabbat says, you're trying to reach on Purim, Adaloyada going beyond logical reason. That, is, that devotion to Hashem is supposed to stay with you the whole entire year. Every day you start off your day with Moda'ani. Moda'ani is about going beyond your logic, being devoted to Hashem beyond. beyond. On the other hand, you're supposed to learn Torah. You're supposed to bring the, bring the Torah of Hashem into your mind. So to get to the truth of Torah, you have to have a sense of abnegation. But to understand the Torah, you also have to have a sense of, of your faculties. And this is what, how Purim gives us this, this power for the whole year to connect these two opposites together. And I just wanted to conclude with a bracha to Reb Zev, who has just joined us. Reb Zev, happy birthday. The Torah has never been broken because it's already broken when it comes to, to us. Oh, 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 I forgot to mention this. Yes. Even after Hashem contracted the Torah and brought it down to the realm of human beings and it made it something we can understand, it's still infinite. It's still infinite. And that's why there has to be a sense in us of brokenness. Since it's still infinite, it's still the wisdom of Hashem, in order for us to get it, we have to have a sense of, of brokenness. We can't get it without the sense of humility. Because it's still infinite. It's still, it's still, it's still limitation. So it's our job to put all those, uh, the, together the, uh, the broken pieces to make it the, 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 the second tablet. Put the table, put the pieces together. No, you want the pieces to be broken. Because you want the knowledge, uh, collecting knowledge, not every day, one day, then everything. You're collecting all 